Hey there, it's Amy McDonald here, yoga business coach. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast, where we talk all things yoga nerdy and yoga business. If you are looking to grow your yoga beers this year, please check out my signature program that is enrolling now. Think of it as the teacher training for your yoga business. amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga beers. Now on to today's podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Weekly Call. Amy McDonald here, yoga nerd, yoga teacher, yoga business coach. Today we are having an open mic call and what that means is I have all the time, well up to 45 minutes, to answer any questions that you have about your yoga business right now. So if you're new to my podcast, once a month we do this uh, or I throw it open and say, hey, how can I help you all? What's going on? What do you need? And uh, what are you stuck on? What are you curious about? And that gets to uh, be anything in sort of the realm of running your business, running your yoga business, and also uh, being a yoga teacher at all. I was speaking with one of my clients the other day, and we were talking about how uh, how doing progressive yoga asana over a period of time can really help with retention. You know, it gives people a reason to come back. And I said, so, you know, what would you what would your sequencing look like if you're over a 10-week period, you were getting your people up to, I can't remember what we were talking about, Scorpion or something. What would that look like? And we had a bit of a conversation and he said, well, I don't know. You know, it's not my super strong point. And I was saying, well, you can ask me about sequencing as well. You know, I've, I've done the training and I've been teaching now. Uh, this is, I'm in my 10th year of teaching, so I know a little bit. So if you have any questions about your yoga business or about the the profession that is teaching yoga at all. That's what I'm here for today. I've also had some people who can't make it uh, live submit some questions in advance, so I've got those. But for everybody who is here already, go ahead and type in any questions that you have. How can I help you with what it is you're working on from the teeny tiny uh, detail through to the bigger picture? I'm up for it. I'd love to give you some coaching support. While you're getting your questions organized and ready, I did want to mention. Um, I did want to mention that I'm getting a bit of a barb, a bit of a mood from the from the gang, from a lot of my clients and people who are sharing in my Facebook group, Abundant Yoga Teachers. If you're not there already, head over, uh, request to join. That there is a bit of like funky energy going on. There is a bit of low vibeness. There, there is a bit of maybe they can do it, but I can't. There is a bit of I've done all the things and it's not working. Should I quit or should I keep going? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about two things first. The first one is, um, is about honing the skill of trusting your intuition in business. Uh, just today I've been, I've had the very good fortune of working with two of my clients and for both of them, one of the questions that we, that they asked me that we're working on was, um, you know, is this actually a sign that what the offer that I have, the thing that I'm offering to my people, um, shouldn't go ahead? You know, am I actually, I'm feeling that this isn't the right thing and that I need to stop and, and what do you think? And as a coach, obviously my job is to help uh, my clients come to their own conclusions rather than to tell them what to do. But I think it is a very important skill and, and developing this skill will really help you in your yoga business, the skill of trusting your intuition. 
And so I guess the the first thing that comes up when we when we think about this skill is, well, how do you know if it's your intuition telling you this isn't right and for something better is coming and or now is just not the right time and it, um, it's, you know, let that go versus, holy crap, this isn't working out how I wanted to, I think abort, 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 like inner critic, self-judgment, self-doubt. How do you know the difference between the two? So for my clients that fortuitously provided me with a case study for both of these alternatives. My first client, she was sharing with me how she had a teacher training coming up. She was starting soon and she knew she had to uh, get going. So she started to do a bit of hustle and she secured four signups in a week and she was feeling good about it. She was halfway to her required number for this thing to be viable and great. Uh, In fact, I think she only had two more to go um, for that to be the case. And so she, but she just felt for some reason that um, it wasn't, it didn't feel right to her. And um, she was co-teaching it with another teacher. And and even though she'd done the work and this client is great at uh, 11th hour miracles and really getting the hustle on and using her networks and calling in attendance, but for her, it just didn't feel quite right. And so she decided to have a a meeting with her co-teacher and they talked about it. And she said, look, I'm not sure why, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling, um, I'm not feeling like this is the right time for us. I've gone and it's over half, I've gone and done some hustle this week and it's over half full now, but it still doesn't feel, um, it still doesn't feel quite right to me. What do you think? And her co-teacher, love this, her co-teacher actually said, I'm so glad you said that because actually it feels the same for me. And in fact, something in my life has totally blown up and it was highly likely that I was going to have to cancel anyway. And so the upshot of all of this is rather than, well, they've decided to cancel the teacher training. They've decided to offer a different one in the middle of the year. And the four people that have already signed up have all said, yes, please keep my deposit. I'd like to come back in the middle of the year anyway. And so what they've in fact done is rather than lose people who had already signed up and rather than give up on the collaboration that they have been doing a lot of things planning for, they've just given themselves some more time, like another four months or so to really rock the marketing and to both be in the perfect place to offer this teacher training. And this is a beautiful example of a yoga teacher who trusted her intuition, who really tuned into it, felt strong about it, checked in with her, with her joint venture partner and recognized that in fact, no, this is not the right time, trusted her intuition and made that choice. Now, my other client, she has a workshop coming up. Uh, the, the numbers aren't where she would like them to be as far as her signups go. And so we were coaching on, is this a sign that I should let this thing go. Is it a sign that it's not meant to be? I'm feeling that maybe I should, um, maybe I should, uh, you know, um, maybe I should try again at another time. Maybe I should stop doing my advertising. Maybe I should stop investing in finding students to come along. You know, this is what I'm feeling. And so we did some work on, well, is it intuition or is it fear? And, Part of how we figured that out was we took a look at what she'd already done to promote her classes that are starting in two and a half weeks. 
And when we looked at it, she said, well, I'm doing all of the things. I'm doing all of the things. And I'm still not getting the results that I'm looking for. This is part of the reason why she suspected that it was going to, that it was her intuition telling her something wasn't right and she should let it go. So we took a look at the data. I took a look at, this is bringing in the shiver encoded aspect to being an abundant yoga teacher, looking at the detail, the specifics, the numbers, the quantifiable stuff. Some of us have a phobia about that, I know, but we did it together. And it turns out that in fact, yes, she was doing all of the things, but she said to me, I've got this poster, I've put it up everywhere, but I think it's actually a shit poster. She said that. And, and she said, and I'm running a Facebook ad and I've had 14 people click it, but no one's bought yet. And, and in fact, what we realized was that I just have to do it housekeeping here. What we realized was she spent $12 only on a Facebook ad and it always takes a bit more of a spend to get the results that you're looking for. And in fact, um, so she, you know, she was getting her, her ad was really performing well. She was under a dollar per click, which is a great result. And what was going wrong was she didn't like the poster that she had out there. She hadn't been going live on social like we'd talked about. So not as many people had been finding her. And while she had an ad running, she hadn't actually had it running long enough or been investing enough to make the numbers work. So not enough people had seen her ad yet to actually manifest as making a sale. So what we deduced from this was in fact, in that instance, it was fear and not her intuition telling her to give up. So I think this is an interesting conversation. Type me into the chat folks, if this uh, is resonating for you, at what point do, you know, if you have that feeling that, you know, this is not working for me, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to call it off. I think I'm going to bail. I think I'm going to refund the people that have signed up and try again at another time. At what point do we, how do we know if that's our intuition and something that we should follow, or is it simply that we're frightened that we aren't going to be successful or that we're frightened that we don't have what it takes to call in the numbers. And so if you are in a place right now watching or hello, Apple podcast, people listening in later and YouTubers and all of you good people. If you find yourself in a place where you're thinking, do I bail on this or do I persist? There's a couple of techniques that you can use. That's Stevie in the background. Everybody who's on the video. There's a couple of techniques that you can lose to evaluate, to feel into, is this my truth or is this my fear? One is, from a shiver encoded perspective, look at your data. It might feel like you're doing all the things, but actually are you? Are you doing the, the marketing that is required to uh, fill your classes? Have you actually done as much as it feels like you've done? If you are running ads, go and look at ads manager, go and see how many, how much have I spent and how much, um, you know, what am I paying for clicks? And does that make sense? Like go and look at your information and so that you have more data again from the shivering encoded perspective in order to make a great choice on the Shakti encoded side. Um, try, you know, sit in meditation. Um, the, 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 Another client of mine um, this week, she'd been given an opportunity to teach a retreat. It was quite short notice. She wasn't sure if she was going to be able to get the people there in time and she just wasn't sure uh, what to do. And so here, okay, sit in meditation, get still, 
do whatever your meditation practice is, go do that. If you're a bhakti person, chant something or pray to something. If you're not so much, what, you know, whatever your technique is, get yourself into contemplative practice. And when you get to the point where you feel still and the chitta vritti is easing, pose the question to yourself. Does this go ahead? Is it my path to offer this thing? Is this retreat, workshop, series of classes meant to be? And your immediate response that you feel with your body, not your brain, is going to be your intuitive hit. It is going to be that inner voice, the buddhi, the, the wisdom body that gives you the right answer, yes or no. So there you have it, folks, just a little bit of a hack on if you're feeling that you want to throw it in, if something feels too hard, you haven't got the numbers or anything like that, two-part check, shivering coded, audit. Have you done all the things? Are you doing them as much as you know needs doing? And if you've never done it before, just do more. If you have um, some quantifiable data like Facebook ad records, uh, results, go look at it. Have you invested enough? Go look at what you did last time. Did you have to spend 100 to make 200? Have you spent 100 yet? You know, get yourself into the shivering coded auditing of what you've done so far so that you can start to evaluate it, it, does this seem to make sense or not? Is this a, from an from a intellect perspective, is this, the, is this a yes or a no? Is this a stop or a go for me? And the Shakti encoded piece is get still, get quiet in whatever that looks like for you, if that's swimming or, I don't know, chanting the chalisa or whatever your jam is, but get into your meditative svadhyaya, self-reflection place, and when you feel still enough, Pose yourself the question, and the answer that comes from your body is the right one. Now, if, there ha- if there's a pause in thinking about it, <laughs> as happened with a client of mine last night, I said, okay, now just stop, get still. I want you to feel into this. Okay, you're there. Yes, I'm there. Okay, now what is the answer? And she opened her eyes and she went, oh, well, you know, no. Clarity doesn't come from, oh, well, you know. Clarity comes from Shaktipat, yes, this. So there you go, a little bit of a hack. If any of you are in that moment, because I know it's the time of the year where we can be a bit like something's coming up, do do I just ditch it or do I go for it? That would be two things for you to use, two different types of tools from the Shakti and the Shiva perspective to check in. Is this fear telling me to quit or is this my intuition telling me that now is not the right time and to let it go? Hope that's Super useful. Say hi, everybody who's here with me live. A bunch of you jumping on, which is super fun. Um, if you are just, if you have just arrived, today is the open mic time. So what that means is, for the next half hour, uh, I am up for giving you all the yoga business coaching that you fancy. Uh, if you um, have a question, type it into the chat, and I can get to you. I want to see everybody who's here. It's my desire to serve you all first. So if you have. Uh, a question, go ahead and type it into the chat. I would love to support you. Anything from the mundane to the profound, the big picture or right down into the detail. And like I said, at the beginning, I also have some uh, questions that people have submitted in advance. So I'll give you a second to just type in your questions. This is the first time that we've done the Abundant Yoga Teacher uh, monthly Q&A call with with this setup. So um, for those of you who are still trying to figure out how you send messages to me live. There's a little uh, like talking bubble emoji at the bottom of your screen, hopefully for most of you. 
uh, and you can click that. It'll open the chat and you can type the chat in there. Susie Williams says, hi. Hi, Susie Williams. So glad you're here. So get your questions in, folks. I want to see how can I help you today and what is it that you're working on? What feels stuck or heavy? Where can I help uh, get you some clarity to keep you on your way? Susie says, how far out from a retreat or program should you advertise on Facebook? Great question, Susie. Excellent. And thank you so much, Susie, for being the first one to ask a question. Love. Shows that it's all working. Fabulous. Um, All right. So unfortunately, Susie, there's not a clear answer on this. Like so much in business, um, like so much in business, it's about testing and seeing. You know, there is no recipe book for how to run your business. Um, I could tell you, and I probably will momentarily, about how long I like to, you know, the lead time I like on Facebook ads. But but my people and Susie's people are different. My people, um, for example, my people might be really fast action takers and maybe Susie's people are last minute folks. I know a lot of people talk about, particularly folks who live in like snowbirdy kind of areas, um, people who live in areas where, uh, you know, people fly in and fly out for work where people are coming and going a lot, where there's transient population. Those people don't like to commit until the very last minute, for example. So you need to know a little bit, Susie, about the types of the types of people that you're looking to attract. As a general rule, what I recommend is the larger the price point, the longer the lead time to advertise. Similarly, the larger the amount of um, life modifications that are required, the longer the lead time. So for example, maybe you have a super luxury retreat in Tuscany and people need time to save up to get to that. So they'll need longer on the advertising, particularly if you are offering a payment plan. Say for example, you've got a super cheap teacher training, um, but it's two weeks intensive and, um, you're looking to, for, I don't know, like people who potentially have children. So they're going to need more time to figure out, can the grandparents come and stay? How, who's going to mind the kids? How do I manage all of the logistics? So things that require more investment of, you know, money or that take more sort of life shuffle, which normally means like a longer period of time, whether that's residential or non-residential generally will need more of a lead time for your advertising. Um, as far as like workshops and, and one day things go, Susie, I, I think that a six week advertising window is a good amount of time for those sorts of things. You don't feel too rushed and you have enough time to do all of the stuff and something to be mindful of with Facebook ads is it does take a little while for a Facebook ad to optimize. So if you're accustomed to doing Facebook ads, folks, you'll know that when you, when you start an ad for the first couple of days or longer, if you're new to advertising, it will say in brackets, it says active and it will say in brackets learning. That's great. That means that Facebook is trying out your ad and seeing who likes it and who doesn't so that when you're ready to go full throttle, your ad is going to the people who are most likely going to be interested in looking at it, clicking it, and hopefully signing up to work with you. So I would recommend that you consider the first week that your ad is running to be like a testing week while the ad optimizes. So if you are down to the wire, I mean, don't let yourself get down to the wire. 
say if you want, if you know that six weeks is a good amount of time for your half day, uh, half day, uh, like mini retreat, put your ad on seven weeks in advance to give yourself that extra week of optimizing and, and testing. Um, so I was going to say something else about that too. Oh, and then Susie, you know, if you do have a larger offer and you are running, um, say for example, you're doing like a, I don't know, $4,000 teacher training, then you definitely want to have a longer lead period on your advertising. But, and I'm about to go into, I'm about to go into Facebook ad 2.0 everybody. So if you don't Facebook ads already start and don't freak out this this next point, it's not for you. You know, when um, one of the things I like to do um, in yoga asana, when I'm teaching classes, you know, like people are in like prasarita and I say to people, if you have, a tripod headstand practice in the middle of the room that is safe and stable, take that now. If you have never done a tripod headstand or your tripod headstand doesn't happen in a safe and stable way, this is not for you. I'm about to do the tripod headstand version with Facebook ads. Susie, if you have something that is a bigger offer, like a $4,000 yoga teacher training, you might like to have a staged um, Facebook ads campaign. So what does that mean? That means that you could advertise to a really big audience, really big audience, big geographic range, big, uh, big age range, lateral interests about your teacher training and have at that for a couple of months, then spend on it, really spend on it. Then after a couple of months, you could do a retargeting campaign. So you could create, like I said, folks, if you're not tripod headstanding, just stay in Prasarita. You could go into your audience section of ads manager and create a custom audience that is just the people who have been to the sales page for your teacher training. And you could start a new campaign that just goes to those people. So it would look like this. I've seen your teacher training on the website. I've clicked it. I'm interested, but you know, whatever life I'm on the tram, my next it's my stop. Right. But then a couple of like a, you know, a month later, I see your ad again I remember it and it's only coming to me and I click it because I'm already in, in marketing what's called a warm lead. I've already expressed interest. I've already been to your sales page. And Susie, what that means is that second campaign, that's the retargeted audience, you are, your, your ad spend will be much more efficient because you are only showing ads to people who have already been to your sales page. So we know that they're already interested. The first ad is for cold traffic, people that don't know you, people that haven't seen your stuff before. The second ad is for warm leads or warm traffic because they've already been to your sales page. That's retargeting and that's where Facebook advertising begins to get more sophisticated. You obviously, to get all of that done, you obviously need a whole lot more time and what you also need is a lot more people having been exposed to your ad so that you can build up enough of a retargeting audience for it to be viable for Facebook to let you run a targeted ad. Great question, Susie. For anybody else who is doing like retreats or big programs and has a, you know, has a for real kind of marketing advertising budget, do also consider using the Google display network for your material. So I posted something on Instagram earlier today because for lunch I was, I was noodling on my phone for a recipe for, you know, how can you make quick, dirty lentil curry recipe? I found one and I pulled it up and I'm reading the recipe and, you know, there's the picture of the lentils and whatever. And I kept scrolling and there's my ad on this recipe page 
for my program, for growing your yoga business. How? Because I'm using the Google Display Network, um, which is just, you know, uh, it's when you've been, um, it's when you've, when you've um, been sort of cookied because of what you like and it's going to show up again and again. So, Susie, you might like to think about that too. And the good news is for everybody who uses MailChimp, accessing the Google Display Network through MailChimp is super easy. It's not super sexy. It's not a whole lot of design options, but it's very easy to set up. So if you're offering a bigger thing, situation, this is not for classes or term bookings or one-to-ones or anything like that, but if sort of teacher trainings or mentorship programs or big retreats, uh, I would also recommend that you consider the Google Display Network as part of your advertising campaign and your, uh, and your budget allocation. Right. Now, back to basics, folks. If you lost that along the ways. Okay. I got you. You can go back to some basics. Now, who else has a question that I can support you today? As you can tell, Susie, I love me some geeking out about Facebook advertising. So I'll have that any day and twice on Sunday, but for anybody else who's got something that might not be quite so, uh, high tech type it into the chat. I'd love to support you. And while your, um, Tar says, Susie, you're so welcome. It's just you and me today. While you're typing in your questions, I've got two reminders for everybody. The first one is if you're in Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, please get your tickets for the Abundant Yoga Teacher Immersion. It's coming up fast and um, Sydney and Perth are like selling out. So if you want to come, if you want to get a ticket, please do sign up for that. It's a day with me um, going through some syllabus that I've created and also having lots of time for networking, for this sort of interaction, answering all of your questions. Um, I'm obsessed right now, obsessed with doing things uh, smarter, um, r- smarter, not harder, efficiency gains and um, being, you know, doing, particularly for your marketing and social media and sharing with your community, doing something once and using it multiple times. I'm going to be teaching on that a lot at these immersions. So if you're interested in streamlining how you use social media so that you don't feel frazzled or overwhelmed by all the, all the things we're definitely going to be spending time on that. You'll, you'll want to come along even just for that portion. Uh, it'll make it worthwhile. We can also do things like looking at Facebook ads. And I also, um, also have a bit of a fetish at the moment for looking at how you structure your business in a tiered way so that you're not doing heaps and heaps of things for small amounts of money running around like a crazy yogi, getting you out of that and thinking about more about, how can you have some small offerings and then some larger offerings where you do less time, but you make more money? Again, those sorts of projects are lighting me up right now and I'm loving sharing those with my clients. So we're going to be definitely talking about those at the immersion. If those ideas sound like they might be useful to you in your yoga business, please make sure you get a ticket. Uh, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash yoga teacher immersions if you're coming to that. If you've already bought a ticket, remember that you get to bring a friend for free, but you do need to let us know so we can manage how many people are coming. Um, so just shoot me an email. If you've got your friend ready to go, please let us know so that we can add your fabulous friend to our database. Great. Uh, Hillary has a question. Hillary's question is, you may have addressed this before. What are your thoughts about offering early bird rates for trainings and retreats? I'm thinking of doing away with this and instead offering a different kind of perk for people who sign up by a certain date. Great question, Hillary. Love it. And you can't, I mean, nothing's new, Hillary. Like you can ask me the same question every week. I don't care. You know, sometimes it's like when I study with my philosophy teacher, 
You just need to get the Bhagavad Gita lecture for the sixth time before you finally go, oh, that's what he's talking about. You know, it's why it's why the Saranamaskar A, you know, and it never gets boring. It's why I can go to a down dog class with my teacher for how long have he been my teacher? Ten years? And I always learn something new. Absolutely, totally permissible to ask the same question again and again and again until you get it. What do you think mantra is? You know, it's just just forming new neural connections. So to answer your question, Hillary, definitely you want to have an early bird something. People need a time-bound reason to buy. And the reason that I recommend super early bird, early bird and full pay is because it gives you three different calls to action, three different reasons to email your people and say, hey, don't miss out for this time. Don't miss out on this thing and then don't miss out on this last thing either. So, Hillary, I love that you have the cutoff points before the final cutoff point. I think that's very important. But it is absolutely up to you if you want to have that as a financial incentive or as a value add incentive. So there's two ways that you can do this discount or value add. Discount is your standard, get a thousand bucks off if you register before the end of the month. Value add is get two one-to-one classes with me while we're on retreat if you sign up by the end of the month. Either of them are going to be great, Hillary. I definitely think you need to have them. You've got to feel what's right for you, whether it's the discount or the value add. Excuse me. One thing that I think is very important to keep in mind, it's a great question, Hillary. One thing that's important for you to keep in mind is what are your people more interested in receiving and offer that? Something that, I, I mean, over the years, I've offered different types of bonuses and um, bonuses that I think are really valuable and I've had great feedback about. But it turns out that they don't necessarily match up with the types of people who I'm looking to attract into the, that particular program. So, for example, um, I don't know, let's think of an example. Uh, here's one. I don't know, for all of you people who are body workers as well, Sign up to come on my retreat and you'll also get three 60-minute massages if you sign up by the end of the month. Like, who doesn't love three free massages? Amazing, right? That sounds fantastic, except if I'm flying to your country and I don't live where you live, it's not a good bonus for me. It doesn't make sense. I'd love your massages, but I'm not flying international every time I need a 60-minute relaxation massage, right? So it's got to make sense to your people they need to be able to appreciate the bonus in for the value that it actually has in order for it to incentivize them to take action earlier good question hillary great questions folks jody's got a question anyone else have a question type it on in want to answer it for you i always find that these monthly calls like gone in a second Jody says, hi, Amy, when I first started following you, there was a fair bit of chat about virtual yoga retreats and I haven't heard much since. I'm wondering though what they actually are. Yes, good question, Jody. When I first launched, I was thinking about this the other day, I've got this program for sale, folks, home study program. It's called something about virtual retreats. And I made it three years ago and that was before, that was when people were still using Periscope, right? There was no Facebook Live. There was no, there was no Instagram, I don't think. Um, I don't know. I didn't have it, but there wasn't any of the platforms that we have these days, Jody. So that course, don't go and buy it people because it's out of date. Uh, we need to do something about that. <laughs> I should have a fire sale and just give it all away. But essentially Jody, the premise to that course and the reason that I am still a real zealot 
for online retreats is because it's one way that you can grow your business. So back in the day when I was doing um, women's yoga retreats in Bali, the first retreat I ever taught in Bali, the the reason that that thing worked is because I offered lots of stuff online. I did another retreat in Australia. And the reason that we got those people signed up, I didn't have a big mailing list. None of the people that signed up were my students. I didn't have many students to draw from, but every Sunday for 90 minutes, I think it was like once a month and then closer to the date, every Sunday for 90 minutes, I would teach a retreat online. Now, at the time, like I said, we didn't have these sorts of, you know, interactive video conferencing, easy to use situations. So mine was only audio at that time, but you could do it in a private Facebook group. You could do it on a Zoom call like this. You could, you know, use any other type of um, webinar software. There's so many things out there. You could do it on Instagram Live, whatever. The reason that I think they're so great, Jody, is it's a really easy way for people to access you and your teachings if you're looking to attract attendees to whatever it is you're offering that don't come to your regular classes, probably because of distance. They can try before they buy, if you like. And it also, if you're new to offering things online, I mean, pretty much any of us can, um, pretty much any of us can teach a 90 minute class or a 60 minute class, right? That's all I was doing. Just showing up and teaching for uh, 90 minutes. Oh, someone has their uh, audio on. Sorry about that, folks. Oh, no, someone else. Look at this. Hilarious. Okay, so so that's why, Jody, um, I still think it's a really good idea to do it. I would totally recommend it. I'm really encouraging my clients to, to use that as a part of their um, – community building efforts because you can, you know, you can sit there and you can teach yoga for 60 minutes. That's, that's pretty much all I was doing. And, but because funny story, this is how, you know, learn from my mistakes, folks. Um, I remember doing one of those and it was just audio and, um, <laughs> and I always did a bit, you know, some visualizations some meditation, some journaling, some coaching and a little bit of yoga asana. And, and I was doing my thing. I've been doing it for a while. I was feeling quite confident. I was getting good feedback. And then at the end, my friend was on this one. And at the end, she typed a comment into the chat and she said, um, thanks, I really enjoyed that. But I realized halfway through that I was doing all of the poses on my back. I was doing this whole like child's pose situation, like Pajva on a bolster. I don't know what the hell she was doing, but she was doing it all like happy baby, the whole thing. So there were definitely some advantages to um, <laughs> to doing these things with video instead of audio. Taught me a lot at that time about my skill set when it came to giving verbal cues. If my friend was upside down for the whole asana practice, love, right? Hilarious. <laughs> Jody, does that help? Does that answer your question? Hope so. Let me know if you've got a follow up. Who else has got a question that I can help today? We've got a couple of minutes to go, folks. If you have Anything that you're working on that I can support you with, if you want to brainstorm ideas, uh, if you want help with your sequencing or planning out your first ever half-day workshop, uh, Jody says, great, thanks heaps. Give it a try, Jody. even just for, um, you know, I'm a big fan of our social media actually being about savor, like giving back to people like this, right? This is, you know, hopefully useful to you all because this is part of my savor. Um, I could be watching the third series of True Detective. Oh, my God. True Detective. God. 
but I'm right here because it's part of my saver. So give it a try, Jodie. Just run one for free. Let everybody know in advance. Um, do it on your Facebook page as a Facebook Live. Facebook Live, if you're gonna if you're gonna teach vinyasa, just bear in mind that you'll need to be a fair bit back from the camera, which may distort your sound. So maybe think about things that you can do seated um, if it's your first time, so you can be closer to the camera and you don't have to go buy yourself a fancy sound system. Yeah, give it a go, Jody, and let us know. Like, you know, record it and post it in my Facebook group so we can all go watch and celebrate you and, and comment on your video. Let us support you. Super fun. Awesome. Who else has a question? Type them in. Let's see. Who else can I help today? Love. I um, The other thing I wanted to remind everybody about is uh, growing your yoga business is open for registrations at the moment. I've got a fabulous list on my wall right here of the people who have signed up. Eee! We're going to have so much fun. Uh, if you don't know what it is, GYYB is a six-month business training program. Uh, it's where you get the business skills that you can't get in a teacher training because there's no space. There's so much yoga. You can't fit it into 200 or 300 hour teacher training, but you actually need it in order to generate an abundant yoga business. So whether you're just starting out or you've been teaching for ages, if you realize that you're still a little bit of a hobbyist, or if you're ready to become more masterful and efficient with your time while you generate more prosperity without working a whole lot more, because I'm not a fan of that, please go and check out the program. I've written it uh, it's, it's all created for yogis. So there's lots of yoga nerdy stuff in there, lots of yoga analogies, lots of yoga storytelling. It's made up of eight modules. You can check those out uh, by going over to the page, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. There's um, also a whole bunch of live trainings and a special Facebook group just for that program where I do more of these types of pop-up trainings really targeted to what it is that you're working on. We get started in the middle of next month, but the reason that I'm raving about it at the moment is because it comes with a great bonus, like Hillary said, if you sign up by the end of the month. This is a value add, Hillary. Watch me go. So if you sign up by the end of the month, what you'll also receive is three hours of one-to-one coaching time with me, which if you ask any of my students, they'll tell you is darn good value. Uh, Normally it would cost you $1,000, but you get that for free if you sign up by the end of the month. So folks, Go and take a look at the sales page for the program. You'll see there's a bunch of videos on there and testimonials on there of people who have been through the program already and are talking about their results. I was sharing um, on Instagram again earlier today that last night I had the very good fortune of having an intensive with one of my growing your yoga business grads. She's just launched a mentorship program, never done it before, um, and she has called in three people that she doesn't know from her Facebook ads. She spent 121 pounds on her Facebook ads and she made 2000 pounds as a result of that spend. That's a return on investment that I like. Uh, And she learned all of those skills in GYYB. That's just some of the stuff that we cover. We also talk about mindset and boundaries and self-worth and money and any residual kind of grunties energy blocks that you have about that. It's a super comprehensive course. I adore teaching it and I would love to give you that coaching bonus. So if you're thinking about signing up, do it by the end of the month. If you've never heard about it before, go check it out. amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. It's awesome. All right. uh, Let's see. Susan's here in fabulous California. Susan says, hi, Amy, how about collecting payments for privates, consults, group events, logistics about this online system to streamline book using which program or is Google calendar for appointment bookings a good choice and how to send documents. This is Susan. Susan, that is like three questions. Yes. Love. Way to be efficient. Okay. I'm going to break them down for you, Susan. 
How about collecting payments for privates, consults, group events, and logistics? All right, so Susan, probably in knowing a little bit now about a little bit more about your yoga business, in the breadth of what you do, there is going to be a, numerous ways to collect payments. Now, folks, with very few exceptions, I lovingly invite you to become dogmatic about getting paid in advance. You know, ask my clients, if someone is not registered, you have not sold a ticket until you've got the money. There are some exceptions and that often looks like corporates who after you deliver the service will ask you to issue them an invoice. But you can still ask for a payment on the day. This is something to negotiate and generally corporate, the corporate entity is the one holding the cards and you need to, um, you need to uh, respect their payment system. So for, for you, Susan, if you're doing like corporate groups and taking them hiking and yoga or whatever, that may be an invoicing might be a little bit more administrative for you to handle. But for things like privates, um, one-to-ones, I think you can totally have an online payment for that. And here's what it looks like, folks. People often say to me, what about if people buy it, but then we can't find a time what do we do then? Or what if people buy it and I have a quick chat with them on the phone and they're working on something that I don't have the skill set to handle? Or what if people buy it and they submit their, their, their intake form and I just don't like them and I don't want them to be my, my client? You just give them their money back. Just refund them the money. And if you're using something like Moonclerk, which I recommend, or you know PayPal or any of those things, it's very easy to just press the refund button. Like, you know, I would take the money up front for sure. Online systems for booking, Susan, um, you do need to have some kind of integrated booking system where people can find a time in your calendar and book it in. Uh, I wouldn't recommend the one that I use. (laughs) It's not great. It's not sexy, but there are lots of them out there. I think Calendly is nice to use. Uh, It's not the one I use. Um, And then, you know, you would have different availability for each of the different offerings so that when people went through the shopping cart, whatever you're using, made the payment, then they would automatically be redirected to your calendar where they could then go select a time and book in. There are software packages that do all of that all at once. This is a topic that comes up often in my Facebook group for discussion. And from what I have seen of those threads, there's not a great overall solution that works for everybody. So what tends to, what I see happening more often than not, Susan, is people kind of hack together different systems. For me, I have a one shopping cart system and when people have been through and made the purchase, they get redirected to the page that says, thanks, you're all paid up. Next step, here's my calendar, book a time. Susan, it would have been exactly what you uh, went through when you booked in for your intensive. Same sort of deal. Two different systems, but from a user experience perspective, it feels integrated. Um, Susan's other part was... um, I wouldn't recommend that you use a Google calendar. One of the reasons that I recommend you use some kind of scheduling software is because it gives automated reminder emails. And when I first started out doing one-to-one sessions, the amount of people who just wouldn't show up because there was some kind of misunderstanding about the time just cost me so much um, time and energy. And to be perfectly honest, passion for my business at all, so much messing around So I would recommend that you do find a scheduling system, Susan, that's going to have automated reminders so that there's even less likelihood that someone's going to bail on you and and you're not having to send out those reminders manually. I'm excited for you. Cindy's here. Hey, Cindy, it's good to see you here. 
uh, what is it, like midday-ish for you? Sydney says, hi, all late to the party. Can you speak to collaborating with other embodiment facilitators um, in your experiences for workshops and retreats? Question specifically is how, are, how do you agree on the content to share, the logistics and the revenue, the profit share? All right, so again, Cindy, there's not a one-size-fits-all recipe for this. What is most important, most important, is that you have a conversation with your JV partner that you take notes and that you have some kind of MOU, some kind of memorandum of understanding, some kind of email exchange that clearly outlines everything that you've agreed on and what both of your roles and responsibilities will be in the partnership. So, you know, there are all sorts of models. Do you do it all yourself and subcontract someone in to do part of the delivery? Do you full out partner with someone and share the workload completely? Do you both show up and be the talent at a, at a venue that essentially manages all of the bookings and the meals and all of those sorts of things? They're just three of the ways that you can do it. Regardless of which you choose, most important is that you have that conversation ahead of time. It's like my Nana used to say, when I first went to university and moved into a share house, she used to always tell me when I was looking for housemates, now, have you agreed who's going to take out the garbage? Have you agreed who's going to wash the dishes? And how are you paying for the food? Do you do your own food or do you share? It's that. You need to have the new housemate conversation, have the conversation, get it written down, and then agree on what's written down. I cannot stress this enough. Um, where I see this go wrong in particular I love my Nana too, Cindy. Uh, where I see this go wrong in particular is because of, um, okay, so we agree on the profit share. It's going to be 50-50. We agree that we're both going to tell our people about it. We agree that we're both going to have a page on our website and manage the bookings. We agree that we're both going to be on the Skype call to talk to the retreat centre. The part that is not often discussed and where I've seen and I've experienced it myself, things break down, is the shared understanding of the expectation around the marketing piece. So, um, and I'll tell you my story on this one. Um, I, um, I could tell you about a bunch of clients. I'm just going to tell you mine because it's a bit more, this one's a bit more personal and I don't want to share, overshare this stuff. So I don't know, eight years ago or something, I was co-teaching a retreat with a friend. Great idea. She was, did another type of embodiment practice. I was going to do the yoga and meditation the thing was amazing. We built this incredible website. She was a photographer. It looked killer. We did all of these promotional videos. I was doing all of the virtual retreats to build up the interest. The registrations were coming in. It was going to be amazing. And I had been doing this sort of work, online marketing, for quite a period of time, and I was going for it. I was determined this thing was going to be killer. I was, I was having it. You know, it was, I didn't know anybody where we were going. I didn't really know her embodiment practice, but I was going to figure it out. And I was going to fill this thing up and it was going to be awesome. And my joint venture partner was my best friend. And I'm talking since eight years old, best friend. I was so excited. And then one day she sent me a text and she says, you know what? It's not feeling right for me anymore. I don't want to do it. And I was just shocked. I had like, I never saw that coming. It was, it looked great. We were agreed on the content. We were agreed on the timetable. We'd agreed on the profit share and she was organizing the catering and I was doing something else. And I was, I thought we were going great. The registrations were pouring in. There was so much interest. And so I asked her, well, why, you know, what, what's going wrong? And she said, I just can't live up to your expectations about how much you want me to work on this. And I was so shocked because, in fact, I didn't have any expectations about 
what she should be doing. I had crazy expectations from me and I was going for it and loving it and feeling so inspired and lit up and hustling my little yogi butt off and having a great time in the process. But she thought that I expected her to be doing the same amount of work. I didn't, but we'd never had the conversation and agreed on that. I'd never actually said to her, I'm going to go for this like my hair is on fire. And as long as you show up on the day, I got this. Don't worry about it. You do what you want, do as much as you want. And and honestly, I'm good with that. I got this. I never said that to her. We never were very clear about the um, allocation of energetic investment at the beginning. And as a result, not only did we have to cancel the retreat, I had to refund all of the people, but that friendship, like that 20 something year friendship that it was done. So that's the thing that I see go wrong. Most of all, so you need the thing that you've got to get clear on at the start. And for everybody, look, I, I don't want this to sound um, conceited, but if you are a regular listener to the podcast, or if you've been in my programs or you watch me on YouTube or whatever, if you are taking in the teachings that you're getting from me, chances are, you're going to be a better yoga business person than the person you're collaborating with. You're probably going to know more about marketing. You've probably got a more realistic understanding of what's required and involved. And I would hate for you to get into that same situation because you have a greater preparedness and your partner thinks that you think they need to be working as hard as you do. So that's the one that I would totally get that one hammered out, Cindy, um, in as much detail as you possibly can. Kirsty says, hi, Amy, I'm looking forward to meeting you at your workshop in Brisbane in February. Kirsty, I don't think you've sent us your bestie name yet so that we can save a space for them. Let us know. To follow on from Susan's question, what's the best platform to take payments that allows you to pay into different bank accounts in different currencies? Whoa, Kirsty. Um, um, I don't know if there is one. And in my experience, well, I don't know if there is one. And in my experience, um, dealing in multiple currencies is, a, is, uh, is difficult and will cost you financially with all of the conversion, pretty much regardless of the platform that you use. Um, I've yet to find one that actually converts it like what my uh, conversion app says is the current rate. For me, I've always got a bit gouged when I've converted currencies. So I don't know, Susan, uh, sorry, I don't know, um, Kirsty, if you're running businesses in two different places, um, you know, I'd probably have two different setups. I don't know. I haven't got a great answer for you on this one. I live and teach in both the Australia and the UK, and I want retreats in each place to be charged in the local currency and paid into the bank account that I have in that country. Do you know if there is a system that allows me to do this? I don't know of one. My only suggestion would be that you would have two accounts, which actually this is probably something to talk to your accountant about. You may in fact need to have two different accounts if you're operating businesses in two different taxation jurisdictions, Kirsty. So so this is the shittest answer I've ever given on the open mic. One, I don't know. And two, ask someone else. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I, I, um, Maybe we can chat about it more in Brizzy. Um, and in fact, Greg's coming. He's been an accountant. Um, it, look, I wouldn't recommend that you use Eventbrite uh, for not for big things. For small things, sure, but for big things, exy. Um, 
and it is a bit clunky. I, I want people to feel like they're staying on your website the whole way through. And if you go to Eventbrite, everybody knows you've gone away from their site and you may or may never come back. You might get, like I did the other day, I thought I was signing up for a sound healing and I ended up signing up for a real estate course. So the person who had the sound healing thing on their website is going to be pissed off with me because I got shit of pretty at Eventbrite. Um, really sorry, Kirsty. I, I, I think there's, I haven't, I don't know of a platform. I haven't had a platform that lets you charge your multiple currencies. Um, I teach things overseas and when I'm, when I'm partnering with people, uh, we do take payments in their currency. So like Euro or, um, pounds for me mostly. Um, and I always lose, uh, on the profit because of the conversion. So my preference as much as possible is to just charge in Oz, Aussie dollars as much as I can, um, it depends on what it is that you're offering. Like I think if you're, if you're an Australian person and you're offering a retreat in the UK, um, but your business is based in Australia, I think it's okay to ch- to, to charge in Aussie dollars and just put on the website approximately blah, 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 whatever pounds. Good for us right now, right? Shouldn't we all be buying pounds? Sorry, Brexit, that sucks. But finally, I can afford to buy myself a chocolate bar in the UK because my dollar is kind of worth something. Kirsty says, thank you. I appreciate your honest answer. It's a tricky question. And I'll keep exploring. It might mean two websites. No, I don't want you to have two websites. That's going to be, that's going to be much too much work for you, but there might be two shopping carts that sit in behind the website. Kirsty, I reckon, I reckon what we need is like a piece of butcher's paper and some markers to kind of map it out. Maybe we can do it at lunchtime at the abundant yoga teacher immersion in Brisbane. Can't wait to meet you. Don't forget, email me. Who is your friend? Um, Susie, see ya, Susie. Susie's off. Oh gosh, look at the time. I need to do that too. Folks, <laughs> it's been so fun talking to you. Uh, thank you so much for all of your great questions and for showing up here live. It makes such a, a difference to me feeling like I'm actually talking to real people. Kirsty says, thank you. Still looking for my friend from Brisbane. I will let you know if anyone else is listening to the podcast, go find Kirsty Innes and uh, tell her you'll buy her lunch. If you can go as her bring plus a friend for the Brisbane immersion. If you haven't got your tickets, get them. Stop messing about. amymcdonald.com.au forward slash yoga teacher immersions. And please, folks, if you are interested in working with me in 2019 to make that shift from struggle, financial struggle, overwhelm, freak out with the social media and actually have a business that supports you, that you love, that doesn't consume your life, that lets you be a conduit for yoga efficiently and in a way that feels great, go check out Growing Your Yoga Business. If you love it, Get the bonus, sign up before Sunday. If you're not sure, shoot me an email. Let's talk about it. I don't do salesy conversations. If you want to ask me a whole bunch of questions, love to get on the phone with you. You can find out about that at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. I think I'm about to go jump in someone's pool because it's like 45 degrees here and ridiculous. Thanks, everybody. Take care, and I will speak with you all again next week. Well, there you have it, folks. Another Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast. I hope you thought it was ace. I kind of did. Again, if you're looking to grow your yoga business this year, I lovingly invite you to check out my six-month group training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz. You can find it at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. Till next time.